Welcome back to the Nebraska Abilities Podcast. I am your host, Andy, uh, this week, joined by my co-hosts, Zach and Nate, here to discuss our first victory of the year. Uh, something, the first one under Matt Rule that we all assumed last week that this is a game that you are supposed to win and go in and win, and Nebraska came in, took care of business on both sides of the ball, despite... A lot of unknowns of what the offense was going to look like, who was going to start a QB, all of that. And it's nice just to get the first win of the Matt Rule era under our belts out of the way. That way, we, uh, the team can move forward, start, you know, what we've heard all along is start to lose that losing mentality, that losing culture that they were just so accustomed to the past uh, three to four years under uh, Coach Frost and the players that are still left over from that regime. So... Nice to see a win. Nice to see, you know, first home crowd victory for Matt Rule just to get everything that all squared away. Um, you know, after just a couple, as we found out later, just sad little notes of what is going to impact the offense uh, definitely going forward in the future is, if you haven't heard by now, uh, two of Nebraska's starting running backs, well, I guess co-starting running backs, I should say, are done for the season uh, with a shoulder injury for Ramir Johnson, who uh, Coach Rule said that he was going to have surgery at some point this week. And then for Gabe Irvin, who dislocated his hip and is also going to have surgery uh, sometime this week, according to Coach Rule. So two big blows to the running back room after we saw them run so effectively Saturday and establish the run game, get that going. And now once you finally have some inkling of what the offense is going to look like going forward, Nebraska gets two brutal blows uh, simultaneously right after the game that we had no idea about. Um, certainly being at the game, you know, it's a lot harder to get that information of. You don't really necessarily see what the broadcast tells you of who isn't in there anymore. Are there injuries on the sideline that we can't see uh, being at the game? And, you know, it wasn't only through looking through Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, that um, after halftime, they said Ramirez in street clothes at that point, but Gabe was still playing. And then, you know, Saturday night after the game, Gabe said, like, you know, I had a small little injury, but I'm fine. And then Coach Rule says on Mondays, like, oh, he's done for the year with a dislocated hip. So uh, we'll discuss that more going forward, just what the offense is going to look like now for the running back room, because. Uh, just looking at the roster right now, I mean, you have Anthony Grant. That's pretty much a left of your experience running backs. And you have a bunch of sophomore and freshman running backs that are going to have to step up uh, that rule coach rule said. So uh, we'll dive into that later. But just a couple quick initial thoughts there. Uh, I thought the offense looked great during the game. Uh, just something that I think the team needed what. Uh, the fans needed to see was an offense that was able to start at their own 25 and able to sustain long drives, get first downs, finally punching it at the end zone. Saw that a lot on Saturday, uh, which was very pleasing to see. And then the defense just continues to amaze me of just how much better they are tackling this year, tackling in open space. You know, the thing that I most commonly saw and heard after the game was, you know, you had one guy wrap up and then all of a sudden you would see two or three other uh, red shirt players just come in and fly out of nowhere. And it's like, they all just swarm to the ball and they're that's just a credit to Tony white and the whole defensive coaching staff. It's just their ability to be able to coach that and teach that to those players is not something that we're so accustomed to. And so used to, and, you know, obviously the defense is going to have a tough test coming up in a couple of weeks 
uh, when Michigan comes into town. But for now, um, I think they, at least the first string starting defense, um, held Northern Illinois under 100 yards. And I can't remember the last time that we can confidently say that, you know, as a defense to hold a team under 100 yards altogether uh, has happened in. I mean, it's sure it's happened in my lifetime. I just don't remember the last time it's ever happened. But uh, yeah, well, that will pass it to Nate there. Just your initial thoughts there. And then we can start diving into what we liked about the game. Yeah, no, as a uh, person, I believe I predicted 21-17 for a final score, somewhat uh, closer to lower scoring. Um, I was really pleasantly surprised with how the offense operated. It was uh, just generally, it was efficient that, I mean, Harburg was passing the ball around at 14 for 24, nothing you know to write home about, but he got the ball where it needed to go for the most part. And we only had the one uh, fumble. It wasn't hard to really pin it on him. Uh, offensive line kind of broke down a bit there, but uh, other than that, it was a pretty flawless execution offensively. I'd say um, definitely some, some question marks going forward with what the running back room is going to look like, what the quarterback room is going to look like as well with Jeff Sims, at least uh, getting some practice in. I've heard, I believe he's still um, at least having some struggles with running the balls kind of latest reports, Uh, but he'll probably at least be in a candidate for uh, starting quarterback this Saturday. We'll see, see how things progress, but I mean, Matt Rule believes in the two guys, and we'll we'll just have to kind of trust that Matt Rule knows what he's doing on that one. So, uh, but still the uh, the defense, as you mentioned, balled out. <laughs> I think the only thing we're really missing is, uh, I mean, a score on defense is mm-hmm. really the only thing we haven't seen from them. But just about every other phase, it's been it's been a joy to see. <laughs> And like I said, we knew it was going to be our stronger uh, side of the ball going into the season, and they've pleasantly surprised me. I I remember first episode, I was a little weary, a little scared to see what our tackling was going to look like. Mm -hmm. But they've, as you said, there have been a lot of good open field tackles. Everyone's rushing to the ball and doing their job. And it's been awesome to see that that defensive unit is – what second in the country for uh, like rushing yards allowed? So, yeah, I'll have to look at that up. That we'll run with it for now. Yeah, or at least top five. <laughs> at least yeah. top five. So, regardless, they're crushing it. It's great to see. Um, they are number two in the country, okay. only behind Air Force by like four yards. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll take it. I mean, it's they're Time fun to, to watch. That. Time to take that crown <laughs> next week. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely have the opportunity to with uh, Louisiana Tech coming to town. Then, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, another. Uh, but still, with Northern Illinois, it was a, it was a game that, by all accounts, we were supposed to win, and we came in, took care of business at home. Uh, yeah, it was closer in the first half, but it never felt really out of reach. Uh, we were talking before we started the, the fumble was a little scary that, that at that point in the game, we were only up seven, nothing's like, ah, what's, what's going to happen with this? But then, uh, it was a consistent game. And I was, I was really happy by, uh, what I saw. I'll, I'll go ahead and just leave it there and pass it over to you, Zach. I don't have much more to add. I mean, outside of, you know, di- diving into the offense going from here, but I will say, um, you hit on it. Nate was, it was nice that we came into a game that 
by all by all intents and purposes, we were supposed to win, and we did just that. Um, you know, not much more else to really be said. It it did take a little bit for it to get going. Um, I was I wouldn't say concerned necessarily, but I was kind of surprised that it took at least a half before it seemed like our offense really started warming up. But I my assumption, if I had to make any, was that there. They were running pretty vanilla. It seemed like they were running a pretty vanilla offense to help with uh, Harburg just get get you know his bearings um, as well as I think that was part of it too. Is you know that's first. I don't know if the, I don't remember if he'd started any last year when Casey got hurt or anything. But um, regardless, he you know if this if this was his first start, I think or you know he was starting for the first home game of the year, had to have some nerves. So I mean. It, I think a lot of it can be explained, and I think, you know, now I think the big question mark is who's the quarterback going forward is, and we don't we won't know until we are officially told. But I think a lot of people are now on the uh, Harburg train and mm-hmm. want him to be the starter. And I know we were talking before we started, but something that really surprised me with him was just how how poised he looked for you know in the situation he was in and i understand like northern illinois might not be the greatest uh example of of competition but to me the fact that he was still able to do it with some slip-ups here and there it it gave me at least at least a little bit of confidence that even if now the experiment is we ride with jeff sims until he messes up and then harburg comes in as a more steady option or whatever you know if they're putting Jeff Jeff Sims on a short leash. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Uh, but to me, if that's what happens and Jeff Sims starts uh, this this against Louisiana Tech to try and maybe regain some of that confidence that might he might have lost, um, you know, I could certainly see it being a short leash situation. But I suppose we've already kind of got started, so I'll pass it over to Andy to get yeah. us going with the offense. We'll just, yeah, free-flowing discussion here on just – you know, some basic numbers just to break down right now. Uh, offense, 382 yards total, 158 on passing, 224 rushing on the ground there. Uh, you know, it's what we were kind of texting during the game is I think that uh, we will kind of start and coin the term for uh, Heinrich's new nickname now. Uh, so instead of Harburg, it will be now uh, Heinrich Himberg uh, because he is him right he now. He is him. He is him. <laughs> Um, until proven otherwise. So uh, just like uh, we had Anthony Grant last year, which is going to have to happen again now this year. <laughs> no one to, will his, to his credit, though, he did have a good game here. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I think redemption did happen. Yes. With this and game. he had he had a nice he had a nice truck stick moment. Uh, sometime I think it was in the third quarter where he kind of got up and looked over the dude. And I remember sitting in the stadium I was like, oh, please back away before you get that taunting flag because they'll throw it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Heinrich uh, earned himself a new nickname. So going forward until proven otherwise, it will be a uh, Heinrich Himberg. But, you know, he led the team in rushing. He had 21 attempts uh, on the ground there, which, again, we can discuss as going forward. Don't know how sustainable and how viable that is now. Um, considering, I mean, it might it also might have to now considering your running back room is thin. Uh, you're relying on, you know, freshmen and sophomores to step up with just Anthony Greth, uh, Grant left. But uh, I rule said at it was either Saturday or Monday at his press conferences, you know, we have two quarterbacks 
that we know can win, and that's just Rule's installation that he still trusts him to win the game. Now, granted, we haven't seen him physically win a game yet, so I'm still a little, you know, iffy on if that can actually happen. But we can see that Heinrich has the ability to lead the offense, like Zach said. Just, you know, they threw up a very vanilla plain offense for him to run. And I think hopefully the coaches, I mean, I love that he is like a hard runner. He's going to go in, truck some dudes over, which is all fine. But knowing Nebraska's history of just injured quarterbacks and then the entire offense goes out the window the minute your main quarterback gets hurt, I'd like to see him slide, just protect himself a little bit. Um, just knowing that you just, again, we're, we still have a little bit to see from Jeff Sims of if we can really trust him run the offense or not. And I think that's going to be the biggest question for Saturday now is if Sims is healthy, does rule start him? And part of me, I mean, is leaning towards that he will probably still start him because the overall picture is Rule picks Sims to be that guy to come here in Nebraska and be his quarterback. So the fact that Rule, even after one game of Heinrich, still might lean with Sims just kind of tells me that Rule is still going to prefer Sims to lead his offense as his quarterback because that's who he picked to come here and uh, be the quarterback here in Nebraska. So certainly, like Zach said, um, you know, if Sims does, if Sims does start Saturday, you know, he's going to have a very short lease if uh, a mistake is made or a fumble, interception, all of that. Um, knowing now that we have at least we, we know we're going to get a, a of Heinrich when he comes in is you know what that second string is going to come in and bring you now. Um, whereas before, like last year when Casey got hurt, then Chuba comes in, you're like you have no idea what you're going to get out of Chuba Purdy when he comes into the game. Now if that happens with Sims again, like you know that your backup is going to be able to come in and kind of manage the offense because we've seen it happen in a live game time. Now, obviously you take into the account that Jeff Sims played against Minnesota and Colorado versus Northern Illinois with Heinrich. So again, that's, you know, you're picking at, you're trying to nitpick at that point of what is, who was the better quarterback in that situation. Now, if Heinrich played those two games versus Sims playing this game, you know, we'd probably have a, probably be having this different discussion as well of who was the better quarterback, but that's right now. I, I don't know what rule is going to do again. My gut feeling is if Sims is healthy, he will probably start Saturday to the much of the chagrin of the fan base and all of us, you know, you're probably going to hear some boost Saturday if that does announce to get up and happen too. But I think from an overall confidence mental standpoint for Sims, he needs a game like Saturday with Heinrich to get his, to get his talent, get his mental conscience, get back on track of the quarterback that apparently that we saw in fall camp. And that's also another thing I go back to is there's no way that Sims would have started if he would have done those mistakes in fall camp. Like there's just absolutely no way unless rule was BSing us the entire time that those things are happening in fall camp, but he was trying to cover them up. So a part of me is like something happened in the Minnesota game that kind of just made Sims not curl up into a ball at sense, but just kind of like it get made him more conservative, made him so drawn back that he's like overthinking all these decisions now. And he's making more mistakes because of it. So that's where I lean right now is I have a weird feeling that Sims will play Saturday. Um, just in terms of what rule has instilled and wanted out of this offense the entire time. But now, I mean, we we know what we get with him, Burke. We know that he is capable of running, passing, managing the game, and being effective at it as well. Um, like Nate said, you know, the fumble, 
not really on him, you know, just a missed block from uh, Bryce Ben Hart that, you know, he got leveled in those blindside hits. I mean, unless you can sense us as a quarterback, you're obviously not going to see that coming. So you're telling me we don't have Spider-Man as a quarterback. (laughs) Uh, Unless he is hiding something that we don't know about. I don't think so. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, I, I don't know how Spidey sense works entirely. Obviously I'm not Spider-Man, but I would think that would be able to be hidden, you know, as a football player, just, you know, maybe the helmet, maybe the helmet blocks his Spidey sense. Who knows? Right. And that's, you know, Heinrich did a great job managing that game pass and running all of that. And that kind of leads us into what we're going into with the running back room in the receiving core. And it's like we had said before, it's, it's so disappointing and it's just, it's heartbreaking just to see those injuries happen to those guys, especially when Gabe, Gabe had a fantastic game. I think just running the ball. I mean, he hit his holes. He played hard. He, he did everything. And it's just, it's so disheartening and heartbreaking to see him be done for the season already, just off an injury like that. And, you know, it's rule said it's, it's Anthony's, Anthony's team now in terms of running back, I should say that he's going to have to step up and he's going to have to make, hopefully put away that mistake he made at Minnesota and not let it come back to haunt him. And, you know, we saw what Anthony did last year. Um, We know he is capable of making those runs, making those plays, but you know, is he now that he is the main guy, is he able to block out what happened at Minnesota to with that fumble and continue it? going forward with leading the running back room now and trying to be the veteran bell cow that we need him to be now, because there's not, we don't know what we are getting with our backs up backup running backs until we see them anymore. Uh, but that will open up to you too. Um, thoughts on quarterback receivers, you know, Fedoni is having more of a come out party now that we, I think we're all thankful to see that we are actually getting our tight ends involved, which I think I said in the beginning of the preseason, that's I think the one thing that we underutilized under Scott was the tight end room. And now that we know what we're get Fedoni is working his way and getting a lot better with that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah. I'd say everything that I've been seeing, hearing, uh, all lean toward, like you said, Jeff Sims probably starting, um, if he's healthy to go, um, I go back and forth on it because like you mentioned it, it's rules handpicked guy. You want, mm-hmm. you want him to succeed. Obviously you want to give him as much confidence as you can get. He had two rough games, but there were two better opponents than Northern Illinois. Mm-hmm. And so giving him kind of that tune up game against uh, what should be another theoretically uh, winnable game against uh, Louisiana tech here, just mm-hmm. to build that confidence, get the, you know, get his kind of feedback under him could be big going into Michigan for the week after. Um, mm-hmm. But he's also proven that the moment has been a little bit big for him. Yep. <laughs> and we've, that's just, I don't know. That's what it looks like to me is more of Jeff Sims. I, he's got the athletic talent. He's got the ability. It's just, he seems to be doubting himself and that's kind of, I don't know. I feel where I feel like he's been going wrong. It's just he, whether it's the reads, whether it's, you know, 
not paying attention when you're getting a snap because you're too scared that your offensive line is not going to block for you. Like it's, it's just, he's not trusting his team right now. And who knows, maybe he just needs a tune up game against Louisiana tech to really, like I said, just get his feet under him and write the ship again. Um, I will, I will support whatever decision rule uh, decides to make. I think we <laughs> at this point kind of have to, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see even, I don't know if you'd want to do like just a 50-50 split, have, you know, uh, Jeff play the first half, Himberg play the second half, I don't know, mm-hmm. 60-40, maybe even just try to do, um, I know some teams have, have had success with two quarterbacks, um, use Harburg as, you know, kind of that decoy. I mean, we know we, he can be a receiver. He can right. play running back, whatever. So he's and it's very possible with the thin running back room that we have now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a very real possibility, like you said, Nate, with that decoy that you throw Sims and Hart or Harp uh, Hemberg out there, yeah. and you know it could be a run for either one of them. It could be a decoy. It could be whatever. Just because we, I mean, you could have the quarterback. You could have Grant on one side, the other quarterback on the other side, and see what happens. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows if that's too much trickery, but you know, you, <laughs> you throw off future opponents because one, they know that you don't have running back depth room, but you don't know which quarterback's going to take the ball. If they're going to take it and run, take it and throw who knows. Yeah. It, I mean, it could definitely open up the playbook and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know it, it. To me, it's a feasible option. At least I, at this point, I think we have to just kind of try everything, get, get as creative as we can with uh, losing our two running backs there. But um, again, that is a uh, that is a little little above my pay grade, so I'll let Rule make those decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be exciting. People would really like to see Harvard uh, continue playing, getting playing time. I, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would say that he definitely earned his keep um, and oh, deserves absolutely. deserves as much playing time as we can get him. So, and he's he's a good good runner. You know, passionate guy. I watched the, you know, his interviews after the game. He was just, you know, excited to be <laughs> in there and helping the team. And so mm-hmm. uh, that's it's really cool to see, you know, kind of that homegrown talent doing his own thing. But to your point, Andy, uh, 21 carries is a lot. <laughs> and that quite a lot when you're not a running back. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that that scares me because, I mean, just looking at like Adrian, he was fantastic you know, his freshman year until he got injured mm-hmm. running the ball and mm-hmm. never quite seemed the same after that. So would hate to see a repeat, you know, of that again. So mm-hmm. we'll, have, we'll have to see. I I don't know. Every, every player is different. <laughs> uh, yeah. Could be, could be some dangerous territory, but yeah. And that uh, Fedoni was great. It's glad. Glad to see we're getting him the ball, for trying to feed him as much as we can. Mark oh, Washington yeah. made a couple plays. Uh, sure hands, Billy Kemp needs to work on those not so sure hands. Um, but he also needs to probably be about five inches taller. Yeah, that's fair. He did mention I think he would be willing to play running back. I thought I saw him yeah. somewhere. Yep. So. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's about about all I've got for the offense. It was. It was nice to see them moving the ball, and like like I said, Zach it was a little slow in the beginning, but they they were just kind of cruising a bit, and then they kind of found the rhythm mm-hmm. in the second half, and it was it was good to see it. I don't know, competently ran, and I'll just kind of leave it at that and pass it over to you, Zach. 
I don't have too much else to add, really. Um, I guess my only, <clears throat> I guess if if we got to point out any negatives, I guess my only negative really would be that the offensive line still seems to be somewhat shaky. Mm-hmm. I guess if we're being nice, uh, there's been there were quite a few times, including the fumble, which I know we've talked about, but there were just quite a few times where it just half. I, I don't know about half, but quite a few of the 21 carries that Harburg had, or sorry, Himberg. It's going to take a while to get you saying that yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for him though, every, like I, you'd see the pocket collapse right away and he'd have to just run it, which, uh, you know, two ways to look at it. It's a good thing that he was able to make such a snap decision and was able to, you know, at least make positive yardage out of it. Even if it was only, you know, three or four yards th- that helps. Um, mm-hmm. Now, granted there were a couple times, obviously that he went back, you know, re- in reverse, which is not what you want. But again, I, I, find it hard to blame Henrik Heinrich for that because you know, the offensive line as much as, as much as I've said, even that they've seen improvement this year, I still maintain that. I think they're probably the weakest unit on the team. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I don't think at this point, I, I don't want to necessarily say that it's a coaching thing. I think it's just a personnel thing. I, I think we just need new blood in there to, to really, embolden that line but i don't know that's that's me taking a guess but uh uh, outside of that you know the offense i was really glad to see that like you guys said we were able to move the ball we were able to for the most part do what we needed to do uh yeah i mean we didn't we didn't score on every drive and there were quite a few drives there in the second and third quarter it seemed like where it's like, are, are we sure we know what we're doing? Like, you know, we were up 14, three for what felt like forever. And then finally it seemed like, uh, we've put our foot on the gas, which I guess might be to rules point where games are won in the fourth quarter. And that's when the team, the team won the fourth quarter. Like, I guess that, that a hundred percent really matches up with how rule wants to play the game, which is, you know, slow it down. And, you know, maybe, maybe we're overanalyzing that too. Maybe that's what he wanted to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I know we keep belaboring the point of, you know, it's just Northern Illinois, but if you look back to last year, we gave up, what was it like 700 yards or something to Georgia, Georgia Southern. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the infamous game that got Scott Frost fired. I mean, and I know that's more of a de- that's more of a defensive point, but to, to the idea, you know, we we're looking at a totally different team that is able to, that that is able to play four quarters. And so at this point, no game is a gimme, including mm-hmm. Louisiana tech, even though we are a 21 point favorite, right. Mm-hmm. As of right now, no, no games, a gimme. And so until, and you know, going back and forth, it was nice to see that both sides of the ball are all, all facets of the ball or all facets of the team were able to do what they need to do to win. And again, I, I know, I know we all said this already, but it was nice that we were able to just take care of what needed to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, it was nice to see that, like I've been rooting on Fedoni this whole for, since we got him, you know, since he right. came to Nebraska, I've been wanting him to pop off and it's nice to see him finally doing that. And Marcus Washington came, came in clutch on a couple catches. Um, Alex Bullock, I mean, I don't know where he's coming from, but he he only had one catch in the game, but it was for 33 yards. It was that screenplay that got 
flagged 15 because our lineman was stupid enough to come up and hit a guy after the whistle, but it's fine. That was the other thing. Um, this isn't necessarily offense specific, but I was kind of surprised that we only had, was it five or six penalties? That's still quite a bit, but we've already. A lot of them were, a lot of them were personal fouls. Yeah. And they were personal fouls. They were those, those 15 yarders. (laughs) And so, I mean, you know, at one point I remember they had the, the graphics showing how many uh, penalties each team had. And we had five for 70 yards, which that is bad. But the fact that we only had five yard or five penalties and they were not like the mental mistake type stuff, or at least Mm -hmm. maybe most of them weren't. That was nice to see. Like, Generally speaking, in the first two games, you know, we saw false start, offside, stuff like that, that sh- it needs to be cleaned up. But it was nice to see that um, it seemed like we're getting closer to cleaning that up. Now, yeah. the personal the personal fouls I could do without. <laughs> but, but, I mean, same. Um, <laughs> outside, of, outside of offense, I don't know if there was really a whole lot else to talk about because – the defense did their thing. Showed up. The, yes, that <laughs> I mean, Tony White clearly has an idea of what he's doing for the defense and is mm-hmm. very clearly, I think, one of the top coaches on the on the team. Very, oh, yeah. Very mm-hmm. obviously. Um, I, I really don't have anything else to say other than, and I know it's been mentioned by one of you two already, but it was nice to see that um, every time the ball moved somewhere, uh, there were at least two guys on the ball. Every mm-hmm. time. At least mm-hmm. two, if not, if not three or four, every time you could, you just, the defense is playing very well mm-hmm. and, you know, might still be a bit early, you know, it's not quite 2009 levels yet. Right. But I think we're, I think we're, unfortunately, I think that's the great comparison year right now where 2009, great defense, horrible offense. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you, I don't know if anybody else is noticing a pattern, but that seems to be where we're <laughs> at right now. But I'll open it up for you guys for defense because I don't have anything really else much to add. There was, you know, I the only if I had to really nitpick about the defense, it would be the second string defense giving up that last drive that made Northern Illinois get over 100 total yards in offense, which. That Again, is, that's that is such a nitpicking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if you take that away, your first string defense held Northern Illinois under 100 total yards, which was, you know, that's like almost Madden NCAA type numbers that you crank your sliders up to 99 and you run your defense against another Group Five team like that. Um, so it was it was really good to see like Nate said earlier that it was one of those stress-free games. Cause you know, that every time the defense came out that they were going to do what they were going to do and they weren't going to give up a back breaking, you know, big long play that usually hurts us or, you know, a stupid personal foul on a third and 20 that gets them the automatic first down. Um, there was one questionable PI call, which I, you know, you can look at it either way, but you know, a couple of plays later, we got it called in return for us, so it, it went both ways. But as I watched that pass interference back again today, just yeah. to refresh my brain, I was like, eh, I I could see it. I could see it turn too. His head. Right. I was like, that's was probably like, yeah. why it. That one was very. That one was just one of those like real close. Like yeah. today they would have called it, tomorrow they won't kind of thing. Right, and that's you know that's nitpicking of what they did wrong, but uh, you know they. Forced three sacks again. I mean, you know, not eight like they got Colorado. So a downgrade if you really want to pick at it. But 
Um, you know, that someone's clearly doing, (laughs) (laughs) you know, gets them up to 14 total, um, on the season, you know, they're still top five in sacks, uh, team sacks on the year, uh, within the country. So, uh, and like we had talked about, I think their rush defense was, you know, again, at least, I don't even know what I said earlier, top, yeah, number two on rush defense. So, uh, just a baller of a defense, if you want to call it that, um, I'm looking at the passing defense right now, and I'm sure that's going to be a little skewed because Shadur passed all over us, but, you know, that is what it is. Uh, but I my prediction of the defense or special teams touchdown almost came true. You know, we had that we had a nice push on the turnover battle this week, and we weren't in the, po- or the negative this time of losing that turnover battle. So... Nice to see that the defense was able to get some sort of a turnover. Uh, and I think I was like, just kept watching the game go on and on. It just came more evident to me that like, all right, one of them, like something is going to happen where they're finally going to punch through and get a turnover at some point in this game. Cause you just felt like that just was going to keep momentum and just keep happening just for how quick they were getting pressure on the QB that he were finally going to force him to make a mistake. And he did. And, Oh, it was it was sitting in my south end zone seats as well, and that ball was coming towards me. I was like, "Oh, my prediction's gonna come true! Like he's gonna score on this." But then he went out like five yards later. So I was like, "Okay, well, that's a little disappointing." But <laughs> uh, I mean, it's you know you you saw AJ Rollins get a lot of time up on the defensive line this uh, game, which was good for that defensive line just to get some new rotation in and get some new names in there uh, that we haven't seen before. Uh, Javen Wright, uh, who was the one who had the interception, I think he's going to be a big contributor as the season goes on. He's got a lot more playing time uh, and showing that he can hold his own um, with that. Um, I guess the one, I guess the other injury news that did come out of that game, uh, on, at least on the defensive side too, was uh, Dwight Boodle is also going to be out for the season with another injury. Um, so just another, you know, we weren't lacking in terms of secondary death, but you know, it's just another name that you don't have for the rest of your season. And I'm still a little iffy on the secondary. Um, I, we know our rush defense is really good, but I'm still a little iffy on. We know we had a lot of returning starters on the secondary side. And I'm still, especially on a team like that is going to pass the ball better than Northern Illinois. I'm still a little iffy on how they're still going to stack up. Um, as we saw, you know. Like I said last week, Colorado might be the best talented receivers we'll see all season. Um, so maybe getting that one out of the way was good, but I'm still a little iffy on how the secondary is going to defend. Uh, maybe just a little bit better passer, a uh, passing team, and better receivers um, going forward. So that's just something that I guess if I really outside of sarcastically trying to nitpick, if that is one concern I do have on the defense is seeing how that group does evolve. Um, going forward because I our line has gotten a lot better. We know our linebackers are solid with Gifford, Heinrich, uh Reimer and that crew. Uh and uh, Jamari Butler's coming into play uh and all of them. So with that, yeah, there wasn't much more like Zach said. Just defense balled out. They did what they needed to do. Uh the first time I know I've seen online and everything is it was one of those games where like you wanted like you want your offense to score, but you wanted to see your defense come back out and ball and play because they were just that entertaining of a group to watch them just 
manhandle the line and just get to the quarterback and just create all sort of disruption and pressure and everything. So just like Zach said, a little inklings of that 9 defense that that's the group that you want to see on the field more often than not, just because they're that good and they're that entertaining to watch. Uh, we'll pass it to Nate there. Just your defensive thoughts and what Tony White has to do going forward. Uh, Tony White uh, gets to build a statue soon if he's not careful. <laughs> but <laughs> um, nah, the defense has been great. It's the three through five. I was a little hesitant coming in, you know, the season. We hadn't really seen it outside of like a TCU running it fairly successfully last year. And, um, you know, we were just kind of wondering if we had the right personnel for it and be able to execute it well. It's worked like magic. I mean, We've got the big guys up front. We've got uh, Hutmaker. We got Ty Robinson. We got Cam Lenhart. All just dominating offensive lines. We got, you know, our secondary. We got Luke Reimer. We got uh, Henrich back now. We got Chief Borders, mm-hmm. Gifford. It's it's all coming together, and it's really it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And like, like I said, and like we've all said, everyone's rushing to the ball when whenever they pass it or run it it's not just one guy trying to make a tackle you you get one guy you know actually wrapping up and then you get five other guys jumping on top and it's Mm -hmm. it's really fun to see really fun to watch and you can tell it's a really really talented group and a really close group and um like like you said andy the only nitpicky thing i could really think of is just that the second team uh yeah did give up a (laughs) touchdown because before that, like you said, the the first team offense had let her held them under 100 yards mm-hmm. and a field goal. And the only reason they gave up a field goal was because of the fumble in our own territory. Right. And I can't remember off the top of my head exactly where we fumbled it, but it was, I want to say, within the 10, 15 yard line. It was within the 10 yard line. Yeah. And our defense stepped up three and out and with a little help i think for the turf monster <laughs> but um that was a really funny play though <laughs> thank you rocky best play we'll best play of the whole game <laughs> best play of the whole game my take best play of the whole game our defense was so scary we tripped him yeah they recovered it at the six yard line i just okay yeah so so yeah. and i think i'm pretty sure they i saw it was minus eight yards on that drive for them mm-hmm. so or which was probably attributed to <laughs> the turf monster, but still our, our defense didn't give up yards. They didn't give up a touchdown. They held them to three. They held their own. It was a tough situation. They had just, you know, gotten off the field. Cause I, if I remember right, the fumble was on like second down. Yeah. I want to say. And so, I mean, they, they weren't off the field for that long, so they could have just as well been tired and been like, Oh, well, we're at the six, whatever. We'll, <laughs> we'll we'll give it up. We'll let's see what the offense can do. Get a rest, and then then go back at it. And they didn't. They they stood up to it, and they were they were up to the fight. And that was that was really awesome to see against Northern Illinois. So there is that to take into account. But um, even other turnovers we've had during the season, except the end of the Colorado game, just because I think we were a little demoralized there. But I mean, they've they yeah. for the most part held their own, and it's. It's the side of the ball we can count on. It's a group we can count on. And mm-hmm. that's that's why they're going to be building the statue soon. <laughs> <laughs> that's about all I got on defense. So, uh, Zach, I don't know if uh, 
I've got one last thought that I don't think, and maybe you guys did bring it up. I don't remember, but something else that it's, this isn't even a nitpick, just something that I love to see is that Mm -hmm. we're able to open field tackle. Now I know we brought up tackling Mm -hmm. that we're, you know, wrapping up and doing the, doing the tackling thing that you're supposed Mm -hmm. to do, but it's nice that like, I'll see, you know, you'll see a a play when our defense is out there and and be like, Oh, they'll try a screenplay and it might gain a few yards, but, if it is just one person that's at the ball, generally speaking, I outside of maybe one or two real bad ones this year, missed tackles have uh, missed open field tackles really haven't happened too much. And mm-hmm. or, I mean, if they have, it's one of those where it's like the guy's trying to tackle and he gets tripped up, you know, those types of things where it can be explained that it wasn't because of lack of effort. It was something else, mm-hmm. you know, open field tackling has been tackling in general has just been a huge huge uh upgrade this year um and it's it yeah it's just fun to watch i mean there's really not much else to say about it because they did their job right (laughs) but yeah uh i guess if we special teams didn't really do anything good did do really anything bad he had a pretty good day for what he did he made up up for the punts last week so that was better i think i saw his average on his punts was like 42 for each one of them. Yeah. Which, which he made up for last week. Yep. Uh, Tristan Alvano made his field goals. We didn't fumble a return. We didn't give up a big return or anything like that. So I will, in- I will maintain this probably throughout the rest of the year, but I still say that special teams is I defense is good, but I think special teams is our most improved, especially when in the last couple of years, special yeah. teams has been what's lost us games. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, it's it's nice to watch a special teams play and be like, oh, like I'm not sitting on the edge of my seat waiting for something right. to happen. And we'll we'll see how Alvano goes throughout the season when you know he's called on for a 30, 40, 50 yarder field goal attempt. I mean, he didn't have to worry about it Saturday um, to try to you know exercise his demons from the 50 yarder that he missed to Colorado or anything like that. So that I mean that'll be just a time will tell just to see if he still has it. I guess I mean, he does have it. He's the kicker, uh, but he's just looked, to see, he's looked solid in all. Of yeah. Things. And he's, I mean, he's made, he's made his kicks. He's made the ones that he's had too. So just, is he going to be able to, when called upon in that big moment, get us the three points that we do need um, in certain game situations when they do happen. But yeah, special teams didn't really, didn't really have anything bad to say, which it's always a good thing too. I was to say, thank you. Thank you for not giving us too much to talk about. That's the worst part is like they deserve a lot more praise because they are doing stuff. They're doing well, but it's like it's such a small portion of the game. Mm-hmm. Like what else can you say? Yeah. But, It'll be interesting to see what uh, or who steps up and kick returns with Ramir being out. But that's about yeah. the only concern I have. Wasn't, <laughs> mostly, wasn't Kemp doing most of the he work? He does punt return. He does punt, yeah. But I mean, oh, kick return, sorry. Kick hmm. return, I... I don't remember who came in after Ramirez. It was somebody else, but yeah, probably going to be one of the the freshmen. Yeah, return, I mean, uh, running backs. It is going to have to be, especially if Rule says we're not fair catching the ball. We're or it need could return, be. So. I'm just looking at the stats here. It could be this Barrett Liebentritt. Probably butchered that, but <laughs> we don't know how to say it either. <laughs> he had one. He had one kick return, but. It didn't. It was for no yards, so I don't know. If, yeah. I don't know if he just got smoked when he got the ball or what. <laughs> but um, 
anyways, we can we can move on. Yeah. So uh, before we get into Louisiana Tech preview, um, just lightly touch on just the college football world. I think that we need to talk about is the Dion show, obviously not going away anytime soon. I think it's really funny that the Pac-12 has like the most ranked teams it's had in a while and it's going to die next year. (laughs) (laughs) They have by far the most like they're like some of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. They have the best potential for the playoff and then they're going to die next year. So I think that's classic Pac-12 for them to like just cannibalize themselves (laughs) and not have anyone make the playoff. So and I know I was one of those. I was one of the ones that watched the Colorado Colorado State game Saturday night, and I saw that they came out with the TV viewership numbers that like it averaged about nine point three million when the average Pac-12 after dark game averaged about one point one to two million viewers, which really rude of Colorado to impede on our turf and our territory of being the sickos that watch the Pac-12 after dark games <laughs> religiously, because that's our sacred territory that we need to keep. Because <laughs> soon it is going to be Big Ten after dark, and then I will actually be invested in those games, not for fun. <laughs> Speaking of Colorado, Colorado State, though, can we just talk about the fact that Colorado State didn't go for two? Yeah, they yeah. they, they had, had the chance to just be like multiple times on our own terms. Yep. <laughs> yes. They that whole second half, they had outside of just going for two, they had multiple chances to put away that game and win it and go up by two or three more scores. And it was either just a lack of offense or just I think they had a turnover there or something like that. I have to go back and look, but they had plenty of ample opportunities to win that game and they nebraska themselves as well which not a good term you want to be associated with either <laughs> i think we are finally starting to see the cracks in the armor it's, of the Dion yeah. of the the fighting Dion's though because because colorado state well and then the other thing and i know i know there's been a lot of debate about this but like they stormed the field after they beat colorado state i understand they were terrible last year but it's like mm-hmm. it's like after us and after Colorado State, like, yeah. I, I guess, yeah. I guess, but like, what? Yeah, that was, you know, it's, you can say what you want to say about it. I mean, I, I get it from the stance that like it was a rivalry game and you just beat your rival in double overtime. Uh, when, you know, you also look at it as they were 20 point favorites, 23 or whatever it was on your home field at night. So, Probably, you know, not if you look at it from that sense, probably not worthy of a store in the field. But like you said, Zach, you know, they were awful last year, one and 11. And, you know, to start off three and oh, when most of the sports books out there had their over under on wins three and a half this year. So the fact that they're already pushing that number, they only need one more to hit that over essentially for uh, everybody this year. So, and to be fair to Colorado, it is impressive what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, with mm-hmm. the, I mean, now it'd be great if Nebraska could done that too, <laughs> but two totally different rebuilds. Yes. You know, we've, we've talked about that, but it is impressive, but yeah. I, I think they're going to finally start seeing. And they have their the two toughest tests next of Oregon yeah. and USC. Yeah. I mean, now you get into the grind of conference play and your PAC 12 schedule, you know, one last time for the PAC 12, but, Hell of a season for them to go out on too <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> but um I I guess another point, Alabama, I am worried that 
they are not going to be as good. And I think Saban is on the decline now. <laughs> You're worried about that? <laughs> Alabama has been good for so many years. I think it's finally time that we can Saban, say. That Saban kicks it? Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. You know, got to be careful what we say there, but... <laughs> but like Al- i mean granted we're just trading alabama for just georgia taking over for mm-hmm. right now anyway yep. so it's like whatever but but i'm okay been. i'm okay with that if 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 alabama is suddenly going to start self-imploding mm-hmm. let you know let's let's bring more chaos back into mm-hmm. college football exactly. why not the big the big 10 has not looked overly impressive outside of obviously your three east teams but especially the, like the Big Ten West does not, Big Ten not West look as boys. good as I thought it, it really was going is. to. <laughs> I, I thought <laughs> Illinois was going to be a lot better than they were, and they are mm-hmm. not. Iowa, Iowa is Iowa, and that's just what we knew we were going to get from them. I'm just hoping that for Nebraska's sake, after next, after the Louisiana Tech game, that since we have Michigan, you know, I, I'm not I'm not already writing off the Michigan game because we almost beat them when in under uh, Frost's first year. So I mean, nothing's impossible. Mm-hmm. But if Michigan comes in and plays like like they probably will, um, and we lose, I'm hoping that the team is still able to you know get over that hump. And because like like we've all said, the Big Ten West is open. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now, does that mean we'll win it? No, but <laughs> I we have a legit shot to be at least better than we've been in the Big Ten oh, yeah. in the past mm-hmm. five years, and that's um, I'm like you said, I'm interested in that Michigan game for the sense of the defense that you know the defense saw what a talented like Colorado offense looks like, and mm-hmm. they saw what a running you know Minnesota's not as good as we thought so either. You know, again, probably should have beaten them and beat that game, but you know Michigan is going to be your team that comes in here that is well-oiled in all three phases of the game on offense, defense, special teams. So a chance for the defense to actually see what a well-oiled offense is going to look like against, you know, the three, three, five defense that we do have. I'm really like intrigued to see how that battle is going to go because it's going to be probably their toughest test the rest of the season of offenses that they'll face. And so can you go in there and kind of keep Michigan in check or is it going to be like what Oklahoma was last year where, it was close for a drive, and then the rest of the game was a blowout. Now, granted, our defense, you know, was not that fantastic. That was the game that Schneider got fired after, too. But um, it's, you know, it's it's interesting to see what that defense is going to look like against Michigan. And, you know, we'll talk about that more next week after we see what happens Saturday. But that's the rest That'll of the schedule. The That'll be the true yeah. test, I think, for the and, defense, though. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's how... I mean, that's probably what rule wants too. Is you want to be put against the best of the best and see how you stack up against them. And you know, like I'd said, with the national broadcast TV games in Minnesota and Colorado, is yeah, you know, we lost those games, but those are the games you want to be playing in weekly. Is you want to be put on the prime stage because you're drawing attention, your team is good, and you're drawing all these fans to come watch you play good football. Now, those games were not good football on our end, but. <laughs> But in a sense, that's what you want to work towards and what you want to build towards as a program. And I, that's what rule just has to tell us guys is these are the games that you want to play. You know, these are, you know, that three and nine season is, you know, Nebraska got up for the helmet games, essentially, is you played all those bigger, tougher teams a lot closer than everybody thought. So 
you know, you start there and then you just consistently build until you get the belief that you can go in and be anybody that you want to. And that's ultimately what every coach wants. But you get that sense from rule is that's what he is building towards is you're going to walk into any stadium knowing that you're going to confidently win no matter who you're playing. I think it's also going to help Nebraska, though, too, because we don't travel for two more weeks. So I yep. play Louisiana mm-hmm. Tech at home. We play Michigan at home and then we finally travel. And I think I, I think even somewhere in there is a, a bye week. Yeah, yeah. you got this, the last six of your last nine home or last nine games. Nice, by the way, uh, <laughs> are going to be at home. So that's okay. You got you. The joke Come is there. On. Come <laughs> you, on. It's there. You have to say it. Cannot you, take you, it. Yeah. You're obligated to say it. <laughs> fine. Fine. But, you know, you, your next six games are at home. Uh, the rest of uh, not your next six games, but that'd be all right. Next, yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Although you end the you end the season on a three three whole away game stand, so who knows about that point? But you just get six you know, wins in a row, bowl eligible, yeah, boom, you're good you get yeah. you get a lot of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be really nice. But like I said, you get you get a lot more home games going the rest of your way, and that's just a lot a lot more confidence that you have coming home knowing you're going to play in front of your crowd you're going to get things that are going to go your way so you really have to take advantages of those games and then you know the the Illinois game scared me from the start now that they don't look as good who knows but it's still going to be how are they going to come back after the Michigan game if the Michigan game goes mm-hmm. poorly you get one extra day less and you're playing on a Friday night in Champaign so are the guys, if that happens, like, are they going to be able to respond? Are they going to be able to kind of brush that off and get ready on a shorter week type uh, game plan? So it's, I mean, that, that stretch of games is going to be really crucial to see how the psyche of this team is depending on how the Michigan game goes and are they able to punch back and go out? But unless you guys have any other points can kind of dive into Louisiana. We kind of we kind of failed Matt Rule already by already talking about the Michigan game when it was supposed to go one and zero this week. Yep. So yeah. we should probably Looking we should probably actually talk about the game that we're going to be playing this week. Yeah. So uh, Louisiana Tech, our next opponent, uh, two thirty on BTN this Saturday uh, at home again. Uh, again, like the the biggest thing that we're going to hear about the rest of this week is who is going to be starting at quarterback. And like we had mentioned before, is at least my gut feeling is Sims is probably still going to start if he is healthy enough to start. Um, and I kind of agree with your point, Nate. We might see a 50-50 split where depending on how Sims does in the first half, if it's well going well enough, you might see Harburg uh, in the second half. Uh, and then you take into the count of, okay, now with that game plan is how much are you going to be running the ball with your running back room of just Anthony Grant? Are you going to be, again, working your quarterbacks uh, in that run game. So you're kind of splitting the shares with Grant or are you trying to get those younger backup uh, backups involved? And I think rule said that Emmett Johnson and Keanu Quentin knives. Yeah. Quentin knives. Yeah. Keanu We're not <laughs> even close, uh, but yeah, Quentin knives and Emmett Johnson are going to be your next guys up behind Grant. So guys, you know, I've heard Emmett Johnson's name thrown around before. Um, I think he was either last year under frost or just rule saying that this year is so another guy to watch, but you know, it's, it's your time to sign and shine and stand up and take control of, you know, trying to make your spot on a permanent rust rotation for the running back room. So hopefully those guys embrace it, you know, but we're going to see how they are. And it's 
for me, it's always it's always a little iffy unless you have a really talented freshman running back or sophomore running back. Is the Big Ten is just a bruising running back league, so it's it's going to be interesting to see like these younger guys that aren't built up yet to be like a Gabe Irvin type uh, running back where you're just a bruiser. How are they going to style against uh, a conference play going forward here? So that, and then I'm still interested with the wide receiver room because you know Fedoni let with uh led last week with reception so do you try to get your receivers more involved do you try to get washington the ball do you try to get kemp the ball more but how much i don't know how much they're going to pass either depending on which quarterback gets rolled out there so those are just a lot of a lot of unknowns on the offense again going into this game of last week like we didn't know who was going to start a quarterback well we still don't know who's going to start a quarterback again and now that we have the running back uh room in question but with yeah i'll just toss it to you guys and just kind of go around of what we want to see i I don't even know if i really said what i wanted to see yet but i think i'll come back to it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think it'll be interesting to see louisiana tech looks like they're a fairly pass happy team just looking at their uh, quarterback he's you know 750 yards five touchdowns 106 pass attempts so they'll probably be trying to air it out a little more um i can't imagine our defense should have uh, too much of an issue, but uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of how they come out against more of a pass-happy team like that, if we can maybe force some more turnovers, uh, you know, just keep the pressure on the quarterback, so it'll be interesting to just make sure that the defense trots out there, the defense that we've been seeing, um, not really getting complacent and doing what we did looking forward to the Michigan game, so uh, as long as they show up, I think that'll be a good step there, and then, yeah, it'll be It'll be something to see who trots out there as quarterback. Um, I think I I'm really interested in the stadium's reaction of <clears throat> if Sims gets announced. Are you going to hear boos? Are you going to hear murmurs? Because when Harbaugh got announced last week, I mean it was like an electric yell. Like you, know, you would have thought like Nebraska scored a touchdown just based off the reaction. So. If that does happen, if Sims gets announced, I'm like, how is the fan base going to take that? How is that stadium? Are they going to be supportive? They're going to be like, okay, what is Rule doing? Like, why are you trotting out a guy that has proven that he's already made mistakes versus the guy that didn't make a mistake last week? I will say that I hope they support him because it has Mm -hmm. been two games for Jeff Sims. And no offense to you, Louisiana Tech, but it is against Louisiana Tech. So I think (laughs) if you were to get it... Give him a chance. You might as well trot him out against Louisiana right. Tech and see what happens. Uh, like I said, I I'm on full support. Whatever, whoever rule thinks is you know the best fit to go out there and start that game. Um, and I I trust him to make whatever decisions are necessary if things go south or aren't aren't quite living up to expectations. So, uh, yeah. Other than that, I I agree with you, Andy. I I'm really interested to see if we try and get our receivers and tight ends more mm-hmm. uh, involved this this next week, especially with all the injuries uh, in our running game and ideally not wanting to run our quarterbacks into the ground either. So mm-hmm. um, maybe trying to work uh, sure hands Billy Kemp. I don't know. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's losing favor with me. I, I really hope he uh, can turn things around here. But uh, yeah, uh, 
Fedoni, keep keep him involved, keep feeding him as much as we can, I think. Yep. For sure. I mean, like you said, our tight ends are top notch. We might as well be utilizing them as much as we can. Get him involved. Yep. And Marcus Washington. We he he's shown last year, he showed flashes, he's shown this year. He can be uh kind of that bigger play type receiver mm-hmm. when we need him. So I think we just need to utilize our guys and make the most of what we can. And like I said, don't don't look forward to Michigan. I'm I'm not afraid of uh too afraid of Louisiana Tech, but um just take care of business, show up yep. on Saturday, do what you need to do, and then you can worry about the uh, Goliath coming in uh the Saturday after. But I'll I'll go and ahead and oh. speak yeah, uh, the wide receiver point, one other thought I had is if we don't have like a like I said last week, a Trey Palmer speed threat or smart two race. So if that is like if we are going to take a deep shot down the field, I think last week Tommy Hill was the one that you know Harbug just missed slightly. So, like, is he going to be your speed threat guy? Or are you going to try to get Billy Kemp on a, a fake juke route to hopefully break open and get free? Because he, I mean, he has speed, but he's not tall enough uh, to be you know trying to go up and Randy Moss somebody um, over the air either. So, not I'll be interested. Well, you're right. Also, that, also <laughs> with that. <laughs> Uh, but I, I'd be interested to see if they do sort any sort of like play action deep threat or just any sort of deep threat vertical that's not Fedoni. I mean, who's going to be that receiver that the quarterbacks target? Uh, who's going to be fast enough to be able to break that? And, you know, Tommy Hill was the only one last week that did get that opportunity. So it's going to be interesting to see if he is the one that they keep trotting out there for that vertical threat or are they going to trust their other receivers of Bullock, Washington, Kemp to be able to do that for them. But Zach, yeah, we'll get it to you there. If you have any key points, or we just go, you you already uh, have been ready. I mean, you guys, <laughs> you guys kind of hit on the major ones. Uh, for me, Nate already said it. Uh, it's take care of business. Um, I kind of want to see um, a repeat of the Northern Illinois game where they, where Nebraska came in, and you never felt like the game was totally out of the control of the Huskers. Um, I, I. There were times where, you know, it might have been a little bit nervous, but once once the defense kind of came back, especially after that fumble, you know, once the fumble happened, you're kind of like, oh, crap, here we go. We're already self-imploding. And then the defense held. And it's like, okay, you know, maybe not. And then the team just took off from there. You know, do it again. Do the same thing again, maybe without the fumble, please. I was just, just going to say without you know, the blown block you know, coverage fumble. But, but play you know but play the game again that you just played because i think obviously there's a formula there mm-hmm. um and then the other one would be it's kind of more based on who starts at quarterback but for mm-hmm. me it's if jeff sim starts it's you know forget forget the the previous games you know do what you need to do to prove that you're good enough to be a starter as in take care of the ball take care of the basics you know, go out and play, just go out and play football. But if, if Harvard starts, then, then, you know, clean up what can be cleaned up. So, you know, if he's starting, hopefully this week, he's been taking reps with the ones to, you know, mm-hmm. dial in his passing a bit and maybe, you know, get, get some better reads. Um, oh, the other thing that um, I know we didn't really touch on, but I was really impressed with that. I would like to see if Harbaugh does get the start is, keep working on his uh, ball fakes because there were times where I was surprised at how well he sold those. I was like, Oh yeah. How like this, like he's, 
he's good at that. I mean, he's got he's got a lot of talent there. It mm-hmm. just needs honed. And I think I think he'd be a really good quarterback. And that's that's what makes a great read option quarterback is your ability to sell that fake and sell that ball. And that maybe that's something that Jeff Sims was lacking right now is you know he's fumbling snaps. So if he's doing that, are you able to trust him to hang onto the ball as he's trying to do a, a read option and either pull the ball out of the running back's gut and keep it or, you know, mm-hmm. everything like that. So, yes, I I mean, I do agree with that is Heinrich was able to sell that very well. Now do you trust Jeff Sims to do that and not fumble the ball at the same time where he's already had issues with that already? And that's the other thing, too, is just trust, you know, just just trust your team. You know, mm-hmm. I, if, if Sims is the starter, trust your team to do what they're going to do, and then you do what you need to do and mm-hmm. keep a hold of the ball. Just, just keep holding the ball. That, that is mainly it. Um, now, if he's able to hold on to the ball, then part two of that is move the ball. You know, move, run, yeah. run the offense. <laughs> run the offense. And the worst part is, is this kind of goes back to you know what we've been trying to figure out for the last three weeks now is, you know, a lot of people are blaming Satterfield for a terribly run offense. It's like. Well, you can't really run an offense if your quarterback is going to, if your quarterback is going to fumble the ball or not, not be able to handle hand mm-hmm. on, hang on to it. Holy smokes. But like we kind of proved with um, Heinrich and Heinrich Harburg in there that it works. And granted, I think our offense was pretty vanilla. I don't think we needed to show anything fancy. And I would, I would venture to say that that should happen here too. I mm-hmm. think, you know, keep it simple. Don't overthink it. Don't go crazy. I know you guys were saying <laughs> throw Jeff Sims in there at running back or do a dual quarterback <laughs> system. It could I, happen. It could happen. I I don't know if I would do it in this game just because <laughs> it might show our hand a bit early for the Big Ten teams. But hey, maybe it could maybe not be good practice. But make them stop. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say if it does happen, I will I will absolutely support it because. I'm sure if it happens and it works well, that's a good point. Well, okay. If it happens and it works well more than once, more than once, if it works, if it works well one time, then it's like, all right, is that a fluke? Is that a real thing? Who knows? But I suppose then with that, we can just move on over to our predictions. Predictions. So I already got mine lined up. 38, 14, Nebraska. Cover the spread. Hit that over. 38, 14. Cover that spread. Hit the over. Cash it straight money. Nate, are you still thinking? Because I've got mine lined up too. Yeah, go for it. I, I'm. I have All an right. idea, but <laughs> well, so Andy and I are on the same on the same page. <laughs> Andy and I are on the same page because mm-hmm. I said 14 Louisiana Tech, but mm-hmm. I think we're gonna see. 42 more offense. Yep. I said 42. Ooh, all right. So I think we're going to see some more offense this week. I think we're going to see our offense take a step forward. All now, right. Again, I know the whole thing's going to be, it's Louisiana tech. You play your opponent. We you, play need, the, you play the team in front of you. It's, it's a confidence booster. And I, that's what I want to see. I want to see mm-hmm. a high scoring game from the Huskers. 42 to 14 Nebraska. Okay. I like it. I like it. I, I, I still don't trust our offense. No, drink the roulette. <laughs> Come on. Hamburg I trust. I trust them enough to win. I, I'm not. I'm not going on the Louisiana Tech train. Don't, <laughs> don't you worry. Um, I. I think our defense steps up a little more. I. I'm gonna go 31-7. 
I I think okay. they'll hold them to a touchdown. I I know Louisiana Tech's a higher flying theoretically offense. Like I said, they're 800 yards passing, nearly 200, almost 300 on the ground. But I think our defense keeps the intensity going, and I think the offense scores more than the what 21 that I was predicting last week. So yes, I'm going, we'll up it by 10. We'll go incrementally here. We'll, we'll go to 31. Seven. So I think it'll be a, another game where things feel rather in control. So you're doing analytic instead of just chugging the rule aid. <laughs> this you're is a whole new my AI algorithm says. Yeah. This is a whole new Nate from last year. Nate was by far the biggest optimist out of the three of us, and this year he's like analytics show, and then you've lost me. It's like nope, I don't want that smart talk in here. Scott Frost broke me last year. <laughs> he broke a lot broke, of us. I think he broke. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think many of us were broken. Uh-huh. But with that, Zach, do we have a uh, do we have an award to give out? We sure have an award we to give out. We always have an award to give out. Unfortunately, <laughs> now I shouldn't say unfortunately because after wins, it's so hard to really justify this. But we have to keep it honest. So I will start with mine, and we'll see if we agree or disagree. Mm-hmm. Because this might be this might be where we have to have some deliberation. But mm. for me, um, it's not one person. It's not. Uh, it's it's a unit, and I'm saying the offensive line. Mm-hmm. They looked a little shaky still, so hopefully they can iron that out. But uh, I want to send them to send them in a shuttle to the sun. I I also concur with that. Of more specifically, just the Bryce Brown hard play of <laughs> dude, do completely miss this block. Let his quarterback get lit up, cause the fumble. So on and so forth. And if we all remember last year during the Illinois field goal attempt that he just did nothing, <laughs> still triggers Zach a little bit. <laughs> I will say, and I know we've talked about this. I, I, I was going to say him too. I would like to point that out. But after that play, when you go back and watch it, I know we talked about it, but mm-hmm. that was a miscommunication error, which does still warrant being fired into the sun, but he came back and redeemed himself and helped yes. us get a couple scores. So, I didn't want to say Bryce Benhart specifically just because I think he knew he goofed up and he fixed it. Mm-hmm. I was I was fine with that. Still, the offensive line, I think, is the unit that's going for me still. Yeah, I, I would agree. As the tiebreaker, the official tiebreaker here, <laughs> I will have to side with Andy. Uh, You're killing me. <laughs> I'm Y'all sorry. Y'all are killing I'm me. <laughs> Y'all are killing me. I, I've seen too much, uh, too many bloopers of Bryce Van Hart to not fire him into the sun. Uh, bloopers. I, I don't think really we've yeah, specifically... Bloopers is an, as a nice term to use. Bloopers is uh, I don't think we've specifically fired him into the sun yet, and I, I feel like it might, uh, you know, just light a fire on the room. That's, that's my hope for it. I mean, I mean, technically... I think we can. I don't know. Granted, it depends on how. I much have to go back and listen it, to the tape. We might have done it during that Illinois game too. I think. <laughs> I think uh, we when we fired Anthony Grant into the sun. Seems like he's taking it to heart. So maybe maybe it's a reverse maybe there's chance? something here. So I guess, unfortunately, I guess uh, we're not all in agreement. <laughs> not in agreement here, but. I guess Bryce Benhart on the offensive line it's, is it's getting a fired into the opponent of the line. So <laughs> Welcome to your personal space shuttle, buddy. Technically, I was just, is, I was just trying, lines. I was just trying to say, you know, that was oh, the, be inclusive was instead of singling out a single person. Correct, correct, oh. <laughs> correct. But 
<laughs> well, then following that up, we also have trivia. Mm -hmm. um, and let me double check. Say you you sure. got the question in front of you. I'll ask the question, and then uh, I'll make sure that we don't have... I mean, I know we have a winner, but I need to make sure that uh, I didn't miss anything else. I was going to say, who um, won last week? Chris won last week. Oh, of course he did again. <laughs> He's going to lead on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this week uh, for the trivia question, which I will have again uh, on the bottom of the video if you watch on YouTube. Otherwise, um, just... It's here. Figure it out. It. <laughs> um, <laughs> listening ears. <laughs> since we're playing Louisiana Tech this uh, this weekend, the question revolves around them and Nebraska, and it is, what was the last year that Nebraska played against Louisiana Tech? Um, and then the bonus question for that is, who was the head coach at the time that we played Louisiana Tech? So last year that Nebraska played Louisiana Tech, and whoever who the head coach was both for a point so um and then for the winner i oh wait we already announced it yes so chris is now yeah. won twice so he got the he got the answer correct last week which was who was the quarterback uh when nebraska last played illinois northern illinois and what was the score of that game do we remember uh, the quarterback was, yes, I remember both. So the score was a nice 17 to 21 game. Fun fact, I was in the stadium for that game. Not a fun game to be at. <laughs> um, and the quarterback who threw three interceptions that game was none other than our dear friend, Tanner Lee. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh. The whole year with Mike Riley. What a fun oh. year. <laughs> I I even had the hottest of takes with Tanner Lee. I was like, man, he he could probably be at least a semi decent quarterback if he had a good quarterback coach. And boy, I think I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, he the went to the NFL. NFL. He did. He sure did. He was on the checklist for a he little was. bit. <laughs> um, anyway, just as a last, just as a last repeat, um, what was the last for this week? What was the last year that Nebraska played against Louisiana, Louisiana Tech? And then who was the head coach of the Huskers at that time? To answer, um, we have a form in all of the social media things. I need to, I need to fix it, but I will have it fixed for this week if you're wanting to fill it out. Um, yeah, there we have a form you can fill out on all the social media platforms. And then there's also um, our email if you want to send us an email, which I should probably check that if so, that's how somebody's yeah. been. What if we have other responses? Uh. <laughs> I, I, it, it shows up on my phone, but um, but I haven't gotten anything. But I don't know, maybe it got disconnected. So. Uh, if that's Zach the case, we'll do system. If if that's the case, we'll do stat corrections next week. Um, and then uh, yeah, so you can go on to our social media or our um, all the descriptions of the episodes, and you'll be able to find the form in there. Um, and that is it. I yeah. think I don't have anything else to add. Do you guys have anything? Yeah. Nate, you got any final thoughts there? Go big red, screws by ninety, hopefully by twenty-four in a thirty-one to seventeen or seven game. Oh. But uh <laughs> No, it's always by ninety. <laughs> that's about all I got. <laughs> I'm uh, I'll be crafting a nice uh batch of roulade here in the next couple of days and I'll be 
starting some chugging probably by Friday afternoon. So hope you all are uh, ready. The usual of the Husker <laughs> weeks go. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Zach, if you have any other final thoughts there, we'll wrap it up. And yeah, as always, go Big Red, scores by 90. And if it's a possibility, it's a Nebraska ability.